so moving on uh, to segment number two, this one is flatbed trailers for season four, episode seven, self-sustaining res life. And my point about flatbed trailers, um, this segment is about owning something as simple as a flatbed tow trailer. Uh, And that is such a tremendous asset for Navajos living on the res, but when it has problems in performing its tasks, um, there's no one with the proper tools to help repair it. So it gets more difficult to sustain. Uh, so um, that leads to us uh, investing in shops to conduct business and to keep up with the rising costs, which becomes the new normal. Um, so basically, all I'm just trying to I was trying to find an easier way to say it, but when you have a device or you have a piece of equipment that is valued and a lot of people want to use it and it can serve more purposes than just yourself. Well, um, <laughs> what was I trying to say? So what that what that does is it creates more people that that see what you got and they want to borrow it and they you know some of them even want to buy it because it's it's really convenient and it helps people get things done so the perfect example is a flatbed trailer if everybody on the reservation was able to get a flatbed trailer you know like when they gave out this government stimulus check or something excuse me through the Navajo Nation um the ARPA funds, you know, all that stuff. If they were to take that money and go ahead and buy flatbed trailers and give it to each family household on the res, uh, I think currently there were like 400,000 Navajos registered, but you break that down and you try to get like three or four of them into like a home then, you know, do your math and you do your division and let's say we all have enough um, to buy everybody on the res a flatbed trailer and it belongs to them, it's totally them, they can do whatever they want with it, sell it, pawn it, whatever. But they got it and they're using it to their advantage to haul water, to haul vehicles and everybody is feeling really good. But the problem then becomes... Like, let's say the tire or maybe the the hitch where you connect it to the vehicle, um, to the ball hitch on the vehicle, like most likely a truck. Let's say that wears out and a pin breaks or something very small and insignificant breaks. Now you're kind of stranded at your home with your flatbed tow trailer and you really can't do anything with it because you don't have the tools to fix it. And so you try to ask around, maybe somebody might fix it for you. Maybe they don't. So let's go with, they don't nobody, nobody can fix it for you. But what you're being told is take it back to the dealership or, or wherever they sell parts for that particular brand. You get that. And then you do it yourself. You install it. Let's say you install a new uh, hitch. Let's say you had to take off the old one. You find out how to remove the screws, twist this off and turn that around. And, you know, then you finally get it off. Now you got the new one and everything is just right. Now you got to put everything back together. Remember the order in which you took it apart and then 
put everything back together, put the screws, pins, and whatever else is needed. And then now you're like, oh, well, I know how to do this. So you run into your buddy who also has the same problem. You're like, oh, well, this is what I did. And they're like, well, I don't have time to fix it. Can you fix it for me? You're like, yeah, I can fix it for you, but I got to charge you because, you know, you're, it's, it's not that easy. And I had a hard time doing it. And I, I had to buy some new tools in order to fix it. And so your buddy says, yeah, what, what, what do you charge? And say, ah, let's say $40, man, I'll, I'll repair, repair that whole thing for you. And he's like, okay, well, here's 40 bucks. I got to go to work. I got to go to town, whatever. And so when I get back, I hope, hopefully you're done. So you go there, you fix it. And then you're thinking, Hmm, okay, well maybe I can start to do a small business like this. And, um, I can start charging people because now I'm starting to get better at it. And, you know, let's go from there. So with that, you know, now your flatbed trailer becomes a lot more resourceful, but also it becomes more costly because now you're towing that thing around or you're having to go through like some of your buddies who, um, they're, they're trying to get it back to its original running condition to where they need it to haul their water, their firewood, their, their broke down other vehicles, just whatever, man. So in a perfect scenario, if that were to happen and the tribe were to invest in that, instead of just giving everybody a check, which everybody's going to blow on TVs and, you know, things that they don't need. But, um, if that were to happen, you know, I think a lot more Navajos would be thinking, well, I could just open up my own shop. All right, well, let's go start looking at that and seeing how we could make that a possibility. And, you know, then you have to go through the whole land withdrawal issue, go through the chapter, go through your grazing official, you know, all the, the, the red tape steps that you got to take, you know, just to get yourself a business. You know, um, once you start doing that and making money, then pretty soon, you know, hopefully you have enough money to buy another one. So once you buy another one, then you start saying, okay, well, I'm going to rent this one out now. And then slowly you start your business, get your license, certificate, whatever the hell it is they need and require on the res for you to con conduct business like that. And then next thing you know, you inspire somebody else to do it. And so, you know, down the road, someone's like, oh, you know, I know you've done that. So I know it's possible. So, you know, everybody starts investing in small businesses and then, you know, the, the flatbed trailer now becomes one of those type of materialistic uh, tools that has helped you to really get you to where you didn't think you could get or where you've always wanted to be. Now, when that happens, I, I believe that, um, uh, what was it? That the flatbed trailer um, would definitely be like something to conduct business off of. Um, I know that there was a few places that, that did U-Haul and that's fine, but there was, um, there's always going to be a way to where we, whenever, so my point basically again is whenever we try to find something to make our lives easier, it gets harder because then you got to find out how to keep it moving, how to keep it performing its tasks, you know, when there's problems, when there's uh, breakdowns, when, you know, it's, it becomes uh, a situation where you are doing your best and your hardest to really make sure that you sustain that living on the reservation because you can't do this on the, on, in the city and then 
you know, expect to save money because if you're going to do it in the city, you got to pay them taxes. And if you try to cut corners by buying a house in the city and saying, okay, well, you know, this is, I'm going to buy that garage down the road and that's where I'm going to sell my flatbed trailers. You know, it, it, you are still, I mean, you're living your dream, but at the same time you're spending money again. So all I've been trying to do for these past few years is just get the veterans to understand that, you know, it's best to conduct your own business rather than, you know, blame other departments and, you know, blame the executive director because he's a white guy and he's not, he's not, he don't speak Navajo. I mean, that's a real cop out right there just to blame him for that. It's like, well, you guys don't speak the language of business. So where do we go from there then? If all it is you're doing is just, you know, bad mouthing people and just using Navajo politics and Navajo government to get what you want, what are, what are you going to do next? What's your next act to follow? You know, because at that point you're just, you're just making, uh, the veterans are just kind of making themselves look silly now. And now look what happened. Like what I said earlier was that they, they really can't do anything. You know, the, the organization, the agency has pretty much died down. You know, nobody's really taking that initiative. When I was, you know, I was out there, you know, trying to tell them about the logos, designs, the shirts and all that stuff. They didn't listen to me and they didn't want to do it for whatever reason, whether they were lazy, afraid to take a risk or whatever, or they just felt it's better for them to complain and um, blame the Navajo Nation government or whatever. You know, that's, that's what they did. So that's where I was just like, you know, I'm just wasting my time here. So as far as being the nonprofit guy goes, you know, I'm like, well, I'm just going to stick to what I know. And that's Clagato. And pretty much everybody knows that I'm not originally from Clagato. You know, my mother is, but I'm willing to help out a community that I did not grow up in, but I want it to be a sustainable community to the point where the veterans kind of get more recognition that they've actually done something. But the problem is the veterans don't want to participate. So once again, it's just falling back down on me. And when I accomplish a lot of these uh, events that I've been tasked to do because I own the nonprofit, um, you know, it gives me more credibility. And I don't know what jealous people would say at that point, because their mouths uh, are able to really persuade a lot of people into what they want them to believe and think and all that. So if somebody were to say, oh, well, that native ravager over there, he's just, you know, that money that he got for the nonprofit, he's just spending it on himself. That's how he was able to do this and that. And for me, I would be like, no, that's not how it goes. You know, if you were able to come to the veteran meeting and listen to what I've been saying and maybe even possibly listening to the podcast or checking out the, um, you know, the social media accounts, uh, Instagram and Facebook, then maybe you'd get a better picture of what it is I'm trying to say. And it's like, well, you know, you didn't say it the right way. And it's like, well, it's new to me, man. I'm, I'm trying to learn here. You know, it's at least I'm trying to pass on the knowledge that I find and pass it on, you know, in any form that I can, and if I can speak to someone one-on-one -on -one directly, you know, that's even better, but I don't, I don't think I'll always have that luxury. So I'm just doing what I can to get the information out. 
But it really comes down to the uh, individual themselves. If they want to pay attention, listen, or if they just want to be a hater and be jealous and not listen just for the sake of saying that, oh, well, I hope the native ravager fails. And it's like, that's the whole point. I'm just a big failure. I already know that. And, but the thing is, I'm not a quitter. So yeah, I could fail thousands, millions, billions, trillions of times, but if I give up one time, that's going to really just ruin what it is that I've built. You know, the little, well, I don't want to say empire. I, I can't think of another word right now, but we'll just stick with empire. So the empire that I've been creating over the past few years would just fall apart if I said, oh, okay, I give up, I quit because I can't do this one little task right here. When, when the whole time I've just been more or less just like, damn, that sucks. I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, things didn't work out the way I wanted it to. This person never called me back. That person didn't work with me. Uh, oh, well, let me try find another asset or another resource in order to get to what I want to do. And that's where I've been really pretty much just trying to promote what, it, um, entrepreneurism, you know, uh, I really w want these Navajo veterans to pull their head out of their asses and just kind of become more entrepreneurs and say, you know, find the money, go out there and hustle that ass, you know, get out there and, um, find who can support you and all that. Because the problem that I have right now is people that tell me, Oh, do it this way, do it that way. Or how come you didn't do it this way? How come you didn't do it that way? And I'm over here like, well, shit, I don't have the knowledge you have, man. This is all brand new to me, man. This is a whole new territory. And if they're like, well, if it's a whole new territory and you've never done it before, why are you doing it now? And for me, I'm like, because it needs to be done. You know, the more, the longer these veterans just kind of, um, try to do things their way, the more embarrassing it looks because they can't accomplish anything. And just like I said, with the previous agency commander who, who, who's now stepped down all these years, he didn't do shit, man. He didn't do a damn thing. So here we are, you know, looking like a bunch of idiots again, because now that policy procedure, all that crap has been shuffled around. And then now someone's saying, oh, this is the new way to do it now. And we're you know, and it's like, well, shouldn't you guys have that on file already? And they're like, no, this is the way we're doing it. Okay. Here's the way that we did it. And we changed it. So here you go. Oh, wait, that's not right though. You, you change the words here and there. And it's like, well, then what do you want then, man? Shit. You know? And for me, that's why I'm not a commander. Cause that's way too much pressure for me to do. Now, could I accomplish it? Could I fix it? I'm pretty sure I could, you know, I could, because I'm very inquisitive like that, you know, I'm not ashamed to get out there and say, what do you mean by this, man? Explain it to me like you would a child because I don't understand, you know, I, and then I, it's kind of like an ego thing for a lot of these veteran commanders to not admit that they don't know what's going on because they're coming from an era where they were taught not to um, show weakness or not to ask too many questions or to learn things on their own. So that way they wouldn't be looked at as inferior and weak to, in the eyes of anybody else, you know, or their boss or whatever, whatever the case may be, you know? So <laughs> once again, uh, the other thing I wanted to say about the flatbed trailer situation was that, um, I do have a, uh, a tow dolly and it, I bought it from a Hispanic friend of mine. Um, he charged me, 
oh shit, what was it, like $200 or something like that? I, I don't remember the, the amount he charged me. I, I, it might've been $400. Um, but anyways, I finally paid him off. It took me like almost a year cause I had a lot of, like a lot of other things I was trying to do in between. Anyways, so I paid him off, uh, and I had the tow, tow trailer. I mean, uh, the tow dolly, there we go. But it can only fit certain vehicles, like small vehicles and, you know, any vehicle that's wider than what it's made for. I just tell people, well, sorry, man, it, it won't fit. But so far, some people have been asking me if they can use it that I know of. And I tell them, yeah, go ahead. And when they bring it back, they give me money for it. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, well, what's this money for again? They're like, oh, for using it. I was like, oh, okay. All right. You know? Yeah. All right. Thanks. And so that way they establish uh, credibility with me. And the next time they come back and they say, can I borrow it? We need to get this and that, or I need to move this car and excuse me. And recently, um, a friend had asked me, can I use that? We're trying to move a couch and a few other things. I said, well, you, you do know that's a vehicle, you know, tow dolly. Right. And they're like, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to stack things on the, um, ah, shit. I don't even know what it's called where you put the, uh, tires next, uh, where you park your vehicle on top of it. And anyways, right there, that, that flat area, that's where they were going to put the, um, the, the stuff that they were moving their furniture and stuff. And so that worked out to his advantage. And then after that, you know, it was all, it was all pretty good. You know, after that, it was pretty nice. And so after that, you know, I just was like, oh, okay, well that, that's the service I provide then. So anyways, yeah. So, uh, that'll do it for a segment, uh, number two, next we'll jump into segment number three, and this one will be making a living on the res. Whoosh. <whistles> Whoosh.